0: So it took three days for you to find it online? It was sent to me. I have
1: I have people in all of the corners of the internet. In that case, I'm Mott Bain. I suppose that means I'm Mace Ballwood. And this is what, Bonvoy recorded radio? Play this thing.
0: All right, before we get going on drones and clones, because that's going to be the theme of today, I'm just going to, if you will uh, allow me a rant. Oh, yeah. So this is is a reach out for those men in particular who would like to come out of the closet a little bit. Because we're seeing a lot of anti-LGBTQ stuff. And Mm. look, I'm a... (laughs) One of the biggest criticisms of me is that I'm a very heterosexual male
1: i think it fair would be said of you it it has and continues okay. to be yeah.
0: so i know i know a lot of as one would characterize red-blooded males yeah i don't know a single one of those men who gives two shits about whether another man or woman is gay lesbian or transgender do you no no so here's my call out i i've got from my so we're in la next week yeah And I used to live in Los Angeles and I have friends and acquaintances from that time who LA is the, essentially the capital of the pornography industry Mm -hmm. and friends and acquaintances who worked in that industry. They have a lot of data. They have a lot of data. Mm -hmm. And let's just be very clear. The data around what people watch does not match what people say. And so here's my hypothesis leaning towards a theory because I think we have increasing evidence of this. Okay bullies and this is what's going on with the lgbtq community is bullying through legislation is bullying through social media is bullying through corporate cave outs cave outs mm-hmm. climb downs carve carve car- climb downs sure look for all those people who are hating there's probably something going on inside maybe in one's loins and if you want to reach out and talk to me about it let's talk about it but this bullying nonsense if we think it's coming from a place of masculinity let's check that. Oh. Oh, and also, if it is coming from a place of masculinity and you're just angry because you're lonely. Maybe you take that energy and I don't know, go for a run, go to the gym, work out a little bit, read a book. Maybe it will increase your chances of a date. Find a friend. Fight just but quite seriously. Yeah. Actually on that note, I think we're dealing much more with Look, like, bullies bullies do not bully from a place of strength. They bully from a place of, of insecurity. And quite seriously, if you're feeling that urge just to attack a particular group based upon their sexual identity or sexual orientation, and you prefer not to, give me a ring. There we go. <laughs> All right,
1: heard it from Mark.
0: Hey, by the way, don't let your kids listen to this podcast. Yeah. Not not because of talking about sexual orientation, because I'm likely to swear on a regular basis. <laughs> okay, so uh, so let's talk about. Our clones are right, right Yeah,
1: we, we did some cloning.
0: So, um, Is that ethical? One of, one of our unacknowledged writers of this show uh, sent me some material last week that was their AI portraits. Mm. So, so portraits developed by artificial intelligence. And uh, we may have run that on you uh, without your knowledge. <laughs> we may have run an, an AI model on Ace colwood And we created an Instagram account uh, that went by the name of Mace Ballwood.
1: Very original. Which I, I'd like to say is an upgrade from um, my middle school wrestling nickname, which was Ace Smallwood. Oh, um, and I regret I hey, didn't do that. also, uh, Coach Ben, I was like 12 and you're a dick, man. <laughs> so there right. we go. Also, don't let your kids listen
0: to this podcast. Yeah. So, so we just put it out there. And let it loiter for a while. And then I decided that wasn't fair. So I ran an AI model on me yeah. and created, well, what am I, Mott Bang. We Ma- just replaced Ma-T the Bang. same MB. Yeah, and, Also um, very original. And then we gave them lives. So we started geotagging. Yeah. And actually related to my earlier rant, we made us a lovely gay couple we, we uh, are. in a relationship. That, so partners. it's out there running. It is staggering, though. Sort of, it, I got various messages from people like, just what is going on?
1: I I got the same. That's how I found out about it.
0: But I didn't get any messages that said, this is AI or fake.
1: No. I just said it, it was a, what is this? Yeah. It's as if somebody just took my this? photos and created a new In account. No, I like account. I had been hacked or like impersonated rather than created. So
0: the ease at which that happened, I would say it was probably 30 minutes to trigger the model. Yeah. It was then what, whatever time it took Vera to create the Instagram account for you, and then I created one for, for my clone. Yep. Uh, and then scheduled posts and geotags. A total time contribution of maybe 90 minutes. And now there is an alternative identity living out there with, and well, obviously we'll post the photos, but, yep. but you know.
1: <laughs> geotags of places I've been at that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Settings that and would then, be very normal or relevant.
0: Because... Uh, we started following people that know us, mm-hmm. they start engaging with it, right. which then validates the algorithms. And now it's like, so you'll, you'll see in the movies um, this, uh, where they create, if somebody's going undercover, they create litter wallet. Mm-hmm. Right? They call it litter wallet. So mm-hmm. it's things that if you were captured by the enemy and you were under a pseudonym, would illustrate that you were the real person. Yeah. Uh, it, ca- it came up a lot in that film, uh, Operation Mincemeat. Did you see that? Where I didn't, know It's a World War II story where the, uh, the, the British Army, Um, put a dead body on a beach with fake information. It was an officer, and it was trying to lead um, the the German army to think that the invasion was happening in one island versus another. But Mm -hmm. they had to create lots of wallet litter to make him seem legitimate, letters and those sorts of things. Well, we're now in a realm of digital wallet litter so that you can give the sense of validation. And in these increasingly... Self-enforced busy times. Yeah, nobody's really checking. So you glance at that image, and if you zoom in, if you zoom into the eyes, you see a uh, tell on AI photographs at the moment. Is they, it doesn't do eyes very well, and teeth isn't perfect. I think you'd comment. Were yeah. you commenting on my British teeth? Was that? No, I was. Going? I
1: was actually commenting on the uh, the snaggle that I happen to have from shenanigans years ago. The teeth are too perfect. That's is what tell- like for okay. anyone? Yeah, yeah.
0: I, I did think my body tone was too perfect. <laughs> It's a picture of me holding the dog And, and too high.
1: smooth. It, it, what yeah. I find is AI misses some of the just contours and...
0: I think what you mean is the rugged texture of our physiques. I wasn't no, gonna you it going to say it that up. way. I, I thought it that way. But though. this
1: is, we, you know,
0: this phrase post-truth society. Yeah. Uh, and we've posted AI, AI pictures in the past of faked moon landings and those sorts of things. We are very, very... We're probably in it right now of yeah. that space where... We can create
1: the primary evidence, or what is perceived to be the primary evidence. It's and not
0: the world of hearsay is gone.
1: Yeah, and and the what I'm finding is the bar is not particularly high for what is accepted as primary evidence, right? right. Like across society today, I, I was um, I was just reading about the um, mother who. Um, uh, The mother who was petitioning against Amanda Gorman's literature in Florida schools. And uh, it was basically the the hill that we... I'm blanking on the name of the title uh, poem. Anyway, the the poem itself was the moved. one she
0: read at uh, correct. And yeah. yeah, the hill that we climb. I want to yeah. say okay.
1: um, it was moved to the middle school section, so the elementary schoolers yeah. couldn't uh, couldn't look at it. And so now this uh, this mother has done a couple interviews, particularly with a, a Jewish newspaper, because somebody dug up her Facebook and found um, found a post of anti uh, Semitic um literature posted on her yep. Facebook that she reshared and the the quote ace paraphrase version but I'll pull it up in a second uh, was basically I saw communism in the title and so I reshared it right and so it's at, like the bar for what yeah. we think is yep. acceptable to take as fact and then repost interestingly enough I got to that quote from a post online today which was conflating, uh, the communism piece with a quote from the same mother about I I don't read and she was saying English isn't her primary language. Um, but it was uh, attributed to her rationale around Amanda Gorman. And so it was just this like you take three or four disparate pieces, yep. you pull them together around the same subject, you present it as fact and then we run with it. And what's to – I mean – adding the AI layer in and making it look realistic as much as sound or feel, you've just corroborated it's, things it's for people. And
0: that randomization of yeah. connected facts, that yep. it, and you've been talking to your mate at NASA about this a lot, uh, but it is, it's is—it's the taking of, of tangentially related pieces of information, which yeah. can be fantastic for ideation, we've talked about this yeah. before, but then presenting it as, as sort of a, a reality And then that's the basis of action. So there's been this open letter, I don't know if if you've seen this, but it's been signed by most of the leading thinkers in AI. Uh, The open letter around AI. very, very simple, it's very simple. It simply says, mitigating the risk of extinction from AI should be a global priority alongside other societal scale risks such as pandemics and nuclear war. And nuclear war, And it is signed by, at the top of this, so Jeff Hinton, who was sort of the founding father artificial intelligence there's a great interview on new york times the daily with him i saw that yeah um sam altman the ceo of OpenAI, and then a whole raft of researchers and professors from around the world that are working on this um including you know various diplomats who are responsible for disarmament but this this world we're kind of finding it fun and interesting and yes of course we we laughed about it and i think in the longer term We're more worried about automation and the ability, because AI can code, uh, AI being able to code itself to a higher degree of sophistication than human beings can operate. But in the short term is, if you think about Russia's goals for the past 20 or 30 years, it's to be to have seeded instability in democracies. And he needn't have bothered because we're doing it to ourselves. We're in, the, in this race for technology. We're doing it for ourselves. And I have zero answers on this. I have zero answers on this.
1: I, I, I don't either. Um, I had a conversation with a, a technologist yesterday and we, we kind of explored a couple corners of AI and, and overlaid them with some of the like unconscious bias work that I do. And, and two things I found to be interesting. I find right now in this era of AI, the people who are having the most fun are the uninitiated, the, the non-experts, yeah. but the people who probably derive most value are those who are Technically competent in the field that they're using AI to expedite work or further work. Yeah. Um, so uh, we had a conversation with Dr. Dow not too long ago, and he was saying, Yeah, you know, AI is taking the entire body of literature around some specific type of medicine and it's finding the average and giving us that as the result or how we move forward. And it takes a trained doctor, someone who is competent in their field, to know if that literature or if what the output of what AI has given them via chat GPT, for instance is relevant and even directionally right you know it it requires being able to filter some of that similarly i find that developers are using ai to write code but they have to review it to make sure it's going to do the right thing and so to have a level of competence is requisite to use it most effectively i'm finding right now the second piece is around bias and um, I think James from NASA, the Presidential Innovation Fellow, we get to spend a little time with.
0: innovation. He's just a presidential fellow. Don't promote him.
1: No, it's a PIF, Presidential Innovation Fellow. What is that? That's what it stands for.
0: We should just call him PIF then <laughs> so sounds <wow>.
1: ridiculous. <laughs> there we go. Uh, from Mott and Mace. Um, yeah, <laughs> Mott, so Mace, and PIF. Mott, Mason and That's I would watch it at Ed and Eddie uh, Redux. Redux. Um, no, what, what James was saying is, is basically AI is really, really smart math right now, right? We're extrapolating queen, uh, woman to queen and, say, man to king. And the math is roughly the same extrapolating those two terms from one to the other. But what we've already studied, there's, uh, there's a study out there called the Beagle Project, the bound encoding of the aggregate language environment project. I use it in some of my bias work, and it it is basically an aggregation of uh, literature, media, content, terminology that the average college student, college age student, would have consumed by the time they get to college, and it draws correlations between some of the words and terms that we are biased around. Mm-hmm. So uh, along gender lines, man. Um, Tall man, leader man would Strong be uh, right. Imposing woman, docile, gentle, etc. Black, uh, poor, dangerous, religious, white, affluent, rich, yeah. happy, etc. And so that is what the. We have already mapped all of the content that we can consume and now we've gotten to a place where we are training models predicated on the bias that's already built in to all of the literature we've consumed to this date. And so to move forward, we know that bias is going to exist. We even can determine where it exists. What we do about that is back to this open letter on AI incumbent on us as rational, smart people sometimes to do something with and... The space race that exists around AI, I think, is precluding really intentional yeah. progress as the, we move the forward. The
0: competition, because it's not yeah. being sourced in one country. You could say if yeah. all of the research of this was in the United States – actually, the the, the the groundbreaking work was in Toronto, mm-hmm. University of Toronto. Um, you could say the U.S. government could define it or if it was in Europe, or you could introduce EU regulations. Uh, but this is – yeah, it's it's out of the bag, and there's a – essentially an arms race and literally an arms race. Yeah. I mean, if you look at what militaries are doing um, and there is that case where I think it was DARPA had commissioned DARPA as the U S government's sort of research thing. Yeah. Uh, and the research thing, it's like, it's like Q in the 007 movies, just much bigger with <laughs> lots of money and real. But the, uh, the, they had commissioned Google, and Google stepped away from it after the AI researchers had protested working with the military. But it's going to land there, and we'll, we'll come on to drones in a second. I think the other th- societal threat, we've talked about automo- uh, automated vehicles, uh, so self-driving vehicles, and the yeah. fact that trucking may actually arrive before cars mm-hmm. because you could have dedicated lanes that are trucks, and they right. essentially act like trains. And the devastation that would lead to various communities, particularly smaller towns and rural communities where the trucking industry is, is a massive. Yeah. AI is the opposite. AI is presumed to disrupt actually white-collar jobs and including computer programmers yeah. because you don't need nerds who know lines of code. Uh, the the bots can translate that for you, not unlike website development. Like I yeah. think of the analog of like you don't need to be a web developer anymore because you can use Squarespace. Graphic design is being... Uh, you know, devastated by software like Canva, yeah. and then ChatGPT for equivalence can start to destroy the coding industry. Now that brings opportunities. So,
1: yeah, I was going to say, do we think that's good or bad?
0: Well, so there's a couple of arguments. I was, I, as, you know, as you know, but yeah. maybe maybe our three listeners don't know. Hi, mom. Uh, <laughs> is so we're in partnership with NetHope. We're teaching this uh, digital leadership Literacy and leadership. Yeah, yeah. so how do NGO leaders use digital tools? So in the session yesterday with the group, you know, we were talking about AI has this huge opportunity for leveling Mm -hmm. because you can skip over levels of education and opportunity, but you still get back to bandwidth. And uh, Ajobu, who was, um, she works in Nigeria, was talking about how actually the leader, I love this observation, because we're very proudly putting lots of things in the cloud. Mm. And we don't have offline software anymore, or mm-hmm. increasingly not. Actually, if you don't have a strong connection, you have no access at all. But in the days where you were just updating Excel spreadsheet and then uploading it, actually yeah. that was I mean, more that access- lower fidelity. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think there's there's lots of conversations in the space about how it's how it's used, but right now I, I'm not seeing
1: policymakers really wrapping their heads around this. I, like I I wonder I wonder if. There's an argument, or there's a conversation that says AI taking over some of the rote jobs will free people up to spend time on a higher order of thinking. Right? Maybe I mean it's space. It's it's a little bit like the argument. So John Maynard Keynes, the
0: economist who was sort of at the foundation of the Bretton Woods system, so post World War II, sort of leading economist, he has the best dying lines. Dying words I've ever heard. <laughs> so the arguably the most influential economist who ever lived, at least in the 20th century, his dying words were, "were not my macroeconomic theory was correct." His dying words were, "I wish I'd drank more champagne." <laughs>
1: I just think don't we awesome. all? Shut out. The I
0: think I think your dying words will be, "Is that loaded?" <laughs> oh
1: please, dear God, I I hope it is.
0: <laughs> As they sit astride you with a revolver pointing towards your head. Yeah, anyway, so uh, so. The presumption of economists post World War Two yeah. as sort of industrialization was kicking in and we were, we were seeing this sort of automation of washing machines and vehicles, yeah. was that it would lead to the leisure era.
1: We would work less. You would think so, right? Yeah,
0: that actually you would maintain your standard of living and deploy these machines that made you more efficient to have more leisure time. And the opposite happened. Yeah. The prediction was wrong. Actually, we craved more. Mm-hmm. You might argue that it aligned with the rise of Madison Avenue that was sort of, you know, the advertising industries yeah. arrived. But But it'll it'll be interesting, will will AI AI make us work less? Will it make us work more? Will we become beasts to the machine? I mean, it's it's all new space.
1: There's a a famous cyclist who once said, it never gets easier, only faster. And that seems to apply, I mean, at the last... Maybe the last thing I'll park here. Um, I think about just as technology has moved and uh, the things that we learned, to your point, on you can skip some levels of education uh, predicated on the use of AI. I think about calculators. Remember, mm-hmm. we learned like arithmetic and long division? I'm not sure I could do long division like today. No, you I can. You know what I have is well, you have kids. You're probably my nine year old can, them. though. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. No, she but like, arguably, she's always going to have this little yeah. mini computer in her pocket. Right, like long division, I can just pull that up and do it in the same way. And so I think we're getting to a place, we're heading to a place probably with AI the same way we did, which is you're supposed to learn these and a kid in school like me i was like but i'm always going to have a calculator like why well, i do i learned it then but that was the thought underlying and i wonder how many things are going to be disrupted on the education front are we going to get dumber but have access to better technology as a function and i always i think about that in the context of calculators as a proxy for all the other areas Yeah,
0: i mean it's, it's interesting you'll be blown away by it when 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 you become a dad which mm. is inevitable because it's just destiny that that some some waifs and strays shall be doorstep, and uh, you will just be angry man at school. You will be blown away. So learning maths, yeah. maths yeah. with an S, as it's, it's, it's mathematics, just a reminder, yeah, okay. is that yeah, of course you learn the fundamentals, and then you can do it by calculator. You'd be staggered at the amount of rote learning that takes place at high school. Really, uh, you would, yeah, you'll just be the angry man pacing up and down. There. God. anyway just before we move on i just want to go back to my lgbtq rant yeah, okay which is really a rant against people who are anti-lgbtq I mean, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah i, I was racist <laughs> last week i can't i can't be I, there's only so much there's only so much like so Got i forgot to read out this magnificent tweet from brent hodgson so oh. back to sort of red-blooded males Do I let's know brent? lean into the stereotype i don't know brent hodgson he's an australian with a beard oh all right so that there's your picture he's an australian with a beard Harry's just laughed at that, so I'm gonna read out the tweet. Was it was it Vivid Sydney last night? and went to the bathroom at Circular Quay. I don't know Vivid Sydney, I do know Circular Quay. And you'll never guess what happened. In walks someone wearing a skirt and makeup. Were they trans? A woman using the men's room to skip the queue, non-binary. So here's what I did. Nothing, absolutely fucking nothing. I finished <laughs> washing my hands and I met up with Mel O'Brien at a piano bar because it's none of my fucking business. <laughs> I'm not the kind of weirdo that makes bathrooms unsafe for people who just want to use a stall in peace, and I just think we should embrace. I don't know who Brent is. I just. But let's embrace. Sounds lovely, though. Let's just embrace Brent. Let's just embrace doing nothing on this front. If you feel like just persecuting another group, maybe you just choose nothing. (laughs)
1: Haven't Europeans done this for a long time? Just like unisex bathrooms? Is, yeah, that, is that a thing?
0: Yeah, I th- actually think it's, it's, it's from probably a not shortage of space. Really? So you yeah, just
1: yeah. you just put... Um, oh, let's talk about bathrooms. Well, I, bathroom I went I like went to a, a uh, kind of German um, conference in New York City. It was called DLD and it was, I don't know, mini south by, but everybody was like yeah. very well dressed and beautiful. Um, And they had unisex bathrooms. And I was, like, talking to an investor and a friend, and she's like, oh, my God, I got to go to the bathroom. Like, come with. We'll finish our conversation. So she, like, floor to ceiling stalls. There's no cracks. You can't peek through. And she, like, goes to the bathroom, and then she comes out, and, like, we wash our hands together. And first, I got an invite to hang out with the girls in the bathroom, and that was fucking cool. Uh, Second... Uh, you know what happened? Nobody was assaulted. The entire conference like nothing bad happened in the bathroom for the entire like three days We were there. It was wild based on everything I had read Which is somebody will get murdered in the bathroom if men and women are in there together
0: I think this this comes back from another one of our invisible writers is that the the only bias in this space Against having unisex bathrooms, which of course has been presented you know, It's a unisex bathroom like the one in your house mm-hmm. um, <laughs> is <laughs> The, the <laughs> I've never heard that. Yeah. That's good. I've seen that. I've seen that in <laughs> coffee shops. Hey, hey, this bathroom is for everybody. You know, like the one in your house. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but the is it, just it's sort of an anti-male bias in the sense of just if if you believe men are just disgusting in bathrooms,
1: then yeah, they are. The, you would you would want a woman-only bathroom. Yeah, I believe that. Uh, so. Do I am going to start asking the folks who like rant against bathrooms if they have bathroom signs in their house? I that's mean, that's, that's going to be my response right. now. It's like upstairs for your, like your partner and downstairs yeah, for just, yeah. Know, yeah the boys. Yeah, yeah. that makes sense.
0: Uh, okay, so <laughs> wow, I've whatever been, we had. Have we on been serious? I I, yeah. I yeah. never know when we come off one of these, whether we've been serious or not. Let's talk. Let's talk about another serious issue: invitations for coffee. Oh. oh, oh! Let's do, let's do an etiquette and protocol one, because oh. the economy is getting bumpy. This is a
1: serious. This is actually a serious issue. We're seeing more and more people who are losing their jobs. If anybody can on. see me in the studio right now, my head is down and I've adjusted the mic to accommodate. So, Ace, do you get do you get lots of invitations for coffee? All the time,
0: all the time. And so let's just let's just run through this. Yeah. So in most cases where somebody wants to have coffee with you, another person, you want something, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, especially if it's a business, if it's a weekday, right? Sure. So that's totally different from somebody saying, hey, let's grab coffee on a Saturday morning, go for a run whatever. Um, but that's sort of business meeting type thing.
1: It's, Which is distinctly different from an exchange of deliverables or a conversation about work, and then it's a let's catch coffee to talk through it, right? Yeah. Like just the cold reach out yeah. of, can we get coffee? coffee? Yeah.
0: So, but it's the agendaless coffee meeting, or the objectiveless coffee meeting, yeah, that I think this, our etiquette and grammar mm-hmm. is, because we observe this with our clients as well, who are on their, our clients tend to be quite, powerful people in sure. their own domains, yeah. and they're on the receiving end of this a great deal. So if you're asking for a cup of coffee with somebody, let's not make this about us, tell them why. Mm-hmm. like Give them a clue as why, especially if you are looking for a job, that will not decrease the likelihood that you get that conversation, it will increase the likelihood if you get that conversation, because people of the rank of our clients will yeah. not accept a meeting without a goal for it. And they're insanely busy, mm-hmm. and you're very busy, mm-hmm. If you do share what it is that you're looking for, the likelihood is that person will start moving on it immediately. Yeah. So if you say, hey, Ace, I'd love to have a cup of coffee. I lost my job recently, or I think my job's at risk. I'm looking for a career change. Here's what I'm looking to do, and here's a link to my portfolio or my resume or any of those things. Can we have coffee? The likelihood is you're not available for at least three weeks anyway. Yeah. But if this person has sort of written a good note and you see an opportunity, you're going to push them forward to it, even in that intervening time versus the, um, the, the slate of hand. The slate of hand isn't going well, is it?
1: No, that that the, hey, under these auspices, here's a callback to one of your words of the week a couple of weeks yeah. ago, under these auspices, uh, I wanna connect and have coffee and like catch up, and then, oh, actually, I'm not working, or I'm looking for a thing, or can you connect me with so and so? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the first one. The second one, <laughs> the, this actually. Before we go there, yeah, you have a fair amount of coffees uh, or or drinks after work, particularly when you're on yeah. the road. Like yeah, you'll yeah. go up to places and catch up with people. How do you position that? Because because often it's rapport building and relationship and like checking in. Oh, i say what I want to do. Yeah, yeah. I was like,
0: hey, can we have a drink and talk about mm-hmm. X, Y, and Z? Can we talk about the event that's coming up in Germany? Can we mm-hmm. talk about? What's on your mind for the next few months? Can I share what's on my mind? Will you give me advice about X, Y, and Z? Yeah. Yeah. And actually, I find that the hit rate from people is much higher because they'll be like, oh, yeah. Or they say, actually, I'm not on point for this. Mm-hmm. I'm not responsible for this or I'm not available. You should speak to Gupta instead. Mm-hmm. right?" And and yeah, so I, I always do it.
1: Yeah, fair. The other side is people who are connected through a trusted intermediary, somebody we know, somebody we happen to like, um, the people who are connected and then make it a royal pain in the ass to get together. It is my hands-down least favorite thing. Hey, Scott, will you connect with John? The answer is yes, because I've asked you to connect with John. If John makes it a pain to get on your calendar, hey, I'm only available... X, Y, and Z times or days and here's my number and I'm not going to respond to an email and et cetera, et cetera. I'm just less inclined to have the meeting. Like I I don't know if there's a more diplomatic way to say I don't give a shit. Uh, uh, You want it to be on my calendar and it's – yeah, that's selfish, actually. I was going to say it's not about me. It's absolutely about me. You want it to be on my calendar because no, you think it's there's something. It's not selfish. It's about a power dynamic, and we always like to pretend there
0: aren't power dynamics. There If, are. if one person is looking for – so if I'm looking for a coffee with, with somebody, yeah. the power dynamic rests with them. It's incumbent upon me to give them transpar- – because you're trying to build trust. True. This is what I'm trying to achieve. Yep. And then let me know who manages your calendar, or if you can make it available, and I will – and An area and a time of day that's useful for you, and then you will get that hit. You'll get that hit because you have illustrated giving a shit. And the way you illustrate giving shit is that you actually give a shit about the person that you're trying to. You're respectful of their time and whatever pressures they're under, and you'll get the meeting. And otherwise,
1: lower the barrier. You 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 kind of won't. It's a phrase. I just yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, On that note, uh, my other etiquette and grammar for people who we are in a bumpy economy right now. Um, For those people who, especially if you're thinking about starting a business. Uh, or changing a career path, here's my recommendation. Don't take advice from people who offer it.
1: <laughs> oh, tell me more, that I agree. I, that's it, that's oh. all
0: I've got to say. Yeah. Uh, just, just reflect on that for a minute. Go ask for advice from people who are expert and have done it before, whatever, especially if they haven't been successful in that career change or starting that business. Yeah. But don't have people live vicariously through your risk of your career change or your business uh, only take advice from people you've asked for advice. And if people proactively offer it, you may choose to be polite and listen to it, but I, would not, I wouldn't let it in pass the barrier.
1: I'll, I'll take it a step further. A yes and with advice should come context is one of the best pieces of advice I've ever gotten, I think. Um, and that's it's really easy to step into a conversation with somebody who is uh, accomplished and talented and very smart by whatever measure you feel is appropriate and have them say, you should do A, which is great but you need to know why they think you should do A. Either they know you really well, and they're reading you and saying A is right for you. I'd rather them say it that way. Or A worked for me in the time that I did the thing, and if the times have changed, the technology has changed, and you're a different person, B might be a better path for you. But the people who say, just go do A, have not considered me, have not considered why A worked for them, and so, if someone turns off when you say, why do you think A is the right answer? And they say, well, it's my expertise, fuck off. If that person is turned off, they're not the person to listen to advice from. I've heard people give advice in the
0: form of, this is what I did. Yep. If I would, if I were to do it again yep. today, this is how I would do it. Now, you take from that whatever you want to take from that and apply it to your situation. Yes. Yeah, versus the...
1: The non-precious advice giving. (laughs) Non-precious advice giving. Oh, I love that. Okay, Okay. we're
0: coming off Memorial Day weekend, which is always a... I find it a weird weekend in the sense that its purpose of memorializing those who have passed away It's distinctly somber. It's a very somber purpose. Yeah. It's also celebrated as the beginning of summer, and it's hot dogs and and it's, I just find it, I, I think it must be very stressful for those actually of family members of those who have been lost. But in that realm, I think we come to Envoy Tank Radio because there's a lot going on it's been a while. in Ukraine right now. Yeah. Just a couple of things. So um, a reminder that in, in Europe right now, there is a capital city in the form of Kiev where children are sprinting into air raid shelters in the middle of the day because of missile attacks from yeah. Russia. Like, let's just hold that thought as we're all like, oh, summer's here and we're doing this and I, I can't get this flight to wherever and I'm frustrated because hotels are busy. Just yeah. kind of a reminder that that's going on. Um, there's a beautiful photograph of from the Kiev School of Economics where they're teaching in the basement. Mm-hmm. And it's got all of these sort of flashbacks to... World War II Britain. That I just like like, but just keeping going is remarkable. And then Perry, I'm gonna ask, can we just close the podcast? There's a link here to The Sounds of Kiev at night. Um, and it's just a recording of anti-aircraft guns and sirens. And let's just close out this podcast as you know, it's Memorial Day weekend that we're coming off of. Of this is what 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 being in a conflict zone sounds like and experiences. Yeah. But then Let's just talk a second about drones. We talked about clones and drones. We, we were clones to earlier today on Instagram, earlier on in the session. Why do I call it a session? Whatever this is.
1: But yeah. to, to be clear, you got out of clones without touching
0: on clone sex. Just gonna I will come, come back to clone that. sex okay. So So in terms of the drone wars, Yeah. So what Ukraine is doing, so Ukraine, it looks like yesterday and the day before, penetrated Russian airspace. With drones. And got drones into, yeah. into the outer suburbs of, of Moscow. Where uh, all the oligarchs live, like the rich, yeah. rich affluent well, if Well, yeah. if you dive into the detail of this, yep. Ukraine has essentially bought up all from alibaba.com. <laughs> hey, this is just staggering. From alibaba.com, Ukraine through various channels yeah. has bought up all of the available basically $40,000 drones and is weaponizing them. They're longer range, yep. made in China, um, and they just bought them from the online website. And they've weaponized these things, and but the cost per use, like the acceptable failure rate is huge relative to the cost of a highly precise missile like the Storm Shadow missile, that's the longer range mm-hmm. missile that has recently been donated to Ukraine. And so what you're finding them doing right now is just overwhelming systems through very cheap technology. Yeah. But there's an increasing argument that advanced and expensive equipment may become redundant because the availability of just cheap disposable weapons are, are, are right there. You just, you just buy them on eBay. Yeah, what's the cost of a Reaper drone? Do you know? It will be in the hundreds of millions
1: Oh, is that your guess? Yeah, I think so. Reaper drone. All right, we're Cost, gonna look that up. Yeah. Uh, thirty-two million dollars each. They're for a Reaper. Yeah. Yeah. That's a small one. That's the old one. The new the new big one. Well, this is a twenty twenty Air Force okay. new adopted thirty two million. Can you
0: buy it at Alibaba.com?
1: No, but there is a wholesale gasoline drone unit one for seventy five thousand on yeah, Alibaba. So that's it? Yeah. That's it. So yeah.
0: essentially these things that are and you you, you flood it. Yeah. Days so you can get 300 of these for the same price yeah I love it uh so the question mark right very few if any western militaries are sort of ready for this and so the whole idea of, of offense and defense and all of that it's all all up in the air yeah, fascinating time to to be in there
1: okay should we, should
0: we go from drones to clones
1: so the clone sex thing wait whereas, can we talk about drone sex first <laughs> I don't know what that is. I'm hoping. I'm hoping you know. I just, a, re- a reaper. No, <laughs> the, the, we're just yeah context right. Anyway,
0: so so this was just so we were. I've been banging on about clones and yeah. all of this type of stuff. And so Elizabeth says to me, she's like, so so let's talk about infidelity. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, 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 wait a second. What do, what do you mean we talk about infidelity? She says, um, so if there was a clone of you, mm-hmm. would I be able to like make out with it, and you wouldn't be jealous? And so my first response was like, yeah, sure, because <laughs> it's like me, right? That'd I mean, be fine, that'd be great. Actually, would take some pressure off. I'm away, yeah, yeah, fair got enough. my clone to hang out with. And then she said, what if it had an American accent? I was like, absolutely not. <laughs> that's your line, absolutely that's not. your line. So, but then I was like, but, it, but my clone wouldn't have an American accent because it's a clone of me. And she's like, no, but it would be educated in the United States, because we still lived here. So it would that be would make full. sense. Yeah. so just imagine that. Imagine a clone of you but you talk like, uh, I don't know, you talk like Alex Pryor.
1: Hello, <laughs> Governor.
0: All right, mate. Yeah, right. Are you doing? Should we do the podcast? Yeah. Went, yeah. Oh,
1: that'd be wild. Yeah. Isn't that weird? Yeah. 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 So that's your line. Yeah. Okay. Well, right. now we know. Scott has a line. <laughs> that's my boundary. There we go. All
0: right. Last, uh, well, I've got a couple. Do you want to cover anything else before we let these people go?
1: Uh, no, I think I yelled about all the things I needed to yell about this week. Yep.
0: I'm presuming the line, if we tip the waitstaff, does that mean we should expect the room to be clean as yours?
1: Oh yeah, that was, yeah, that was mine. So uh, we, we were up in, Vera and I were up in Arlington for a gig last week, week before. Um, yeah, leadership offsite and we stayed close to the venue. Um, we actually stayed at, uh, or we, um, we were working at Northeastern's uh, Arlington campus, which was gorgeous. So, shout out to Jamie Jones Miller, the dean and CEO for that space. Uh, but we stayed at a hotel close by, and it was a shithole. And. So I was like looking, I dropped something behind the nightstand and I went to retrieve it and oh, (laughs) it it, it wasn't great. Um, And look, I can sleep anywhere. I've slept on a park bench in New York before. Like it was, I went to sleep. Uh, But yeah, I was thinking about the tipping, et cetera. And I was like, wait, but the room was kind of filthy. So like, do we still tip? There. If we have moved to tipping weight staff, as we probably yeah. should, uh, do the same rules of tipping apply? You just do it because default, or you do it because of an expectation of service? And I'm um, back to getting myself in trouble. I mean, look, I
0: think we should have a whole dedicated podcast where you just ramble on about tipping, and you'll have quite a lot. Of, I mean, based upon the feedback we get, you'll, get, you'll have a lot, a lot so. of listeners. Okay. Fair enough. All right. Two last things uh, Taylor Swift.
1: Oh, yeah. I,
0: I succumbed and I bought tickets. Did to you go to see Taylor Swift? Oh, you sucker. And I have, um, I've committed to having my toes painted to go. So I just, I'm just leaving that thought for everybody. Um, so twinkle toes is back, baby. Twinkle
1: toes is back. I have so many questions, but I'm only going to ask one who has the misfortune of painting your toenails. Oh, I think I, they'll, they'll all love that. They'll all love
0: that. Um, and then lastly, just for Brittany Jackson of Allianz, who, uh, who introduced us at a, at a conference a couple of weeks ago. She did. And took a shot at me about my view about air fryers. To
1: her credit, rightfully so. So,
0: Brittany Jackson, this is just for you. In a future episode, we're going to be talking about rice cookers, the most amazing
1: technology. And if you don't have a rice cooker, it's time to get one.
0: Oh, they're great.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm looking forward to that. Um, All right. Should we let these people go? I think we should. Um, importantly, I'm Mace Ballwood And I'm, what am I? Mott Bain. You made up the name. Anyway, we're going to let you go to the sounds of uh, Kiev at night as a reminder of the things happening around the world. And we'll see you next week. Definitely.